it's Steph Curry with the shot. Ben cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 117 of Curry in the Pot. I'm back again. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back here with another episode. And um, I really want to thank everybody that tuned in to episode number 116. Um, it was a tribute about Kobe Bryant, but I was really just giving my thoughts. I honestly was in shambles when I recorded it. I just wanted to get stuff that was all on my heart, honestly. I literally just wanted to pay homage to my favorite player um, ever, my favorite celebrity, public figure, athlete, all of the above, all of that stuff. I really just wanted to pay tribute while it was on my heart and while it was fresh. But before we get into this week's episode, I have my final tribute and my final goodbye to Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, again, rest in peace to him, his daughter Gigi, and all the other victims um, that were a part of that tragedy, that helicopter accident uh, on Sunday. So I do want to share this tribute with you guys. And after the tribute, I will hop into the Super Bowl preview and I will give my thoughts, the tail of the tape on both teams. And who I think is going to win. I'm looking forward to a very exciting Super Bowl. We'll have a Super Bowl party at my house. Um, but before we get into that, man, uh, here's my final goodbye to Kobe Bryant. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say this is the last time I will talk about Kobe. That's probably going to be kind of hard. But this will probably be the last time I address it. And Because I'm starting to feel more at peace. I'm still in shock, still in disbelief. But I'm starting to feel very, very good and starting to feel better. Again, thanks to everybody who reached out to me. Um, just to check in, ask why was, was I okay? Because I had a tough week, man. I had a tough week. I found myself waking up in the middle of the night, a couple of nights, just crying. I just couldn't believe it, man. He he really touched my heart. It really felt like I knew him. And like I said, man, me and Kobe, I was born in '95. He came into the league in '96. We watched him grow up, and I kind of like grew up with him. You know what I'm saying? We all did. Everybody that's in my generation knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, man, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this very special tribute that I have prepared to the late, great Kobe Bean Bryant. It consists of sound bites of him just dropping gems. And it also consists of some highlights, some of my favorites, and just some very great calls by some great people in sports. So, man, please enjoy. Sit back. Uh, I don't want to guarantee this, but. This tribute will definitely give you chills. But I hope you guys enjoy, man. I, I prepared this all by myself. So, hope you guys enjoy. I hope you guys enjoy episode 117. Um, what I've learned is to, to, to always keep going. Always. You know, there's, there's been times, particularly early in my career, where it just feels like this is the end. Um, but what I've come to find out is that, you know, no matter what happens, the storm eventually ends. And when the storm does end, you want to make sure that you're ready. And so I've really learned to put one foot in front of the other, uh, good, bad, and different, because eventually that storm passes. I mean, here's the thing. It's like, you know, it's competitiveness, yes, but it's a simple um, theory or, or idea to live life by. If you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability. No matter what it is, if you're going to do it, do it to the best of your ability. If you love what you do, and it's making you happy. All the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball, that it would never amount to anything for me. 
His negativity towards me made me strong. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams, but you can stop it from becoming reality. Your dreams are up to you. I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find them. Artest continues to dribble. Bryant from way downtown. Bang! Kobe Bryant again! 17 points in the period, and we're just mid- Four on our test. We are watching a show. Bad help by Pierce. Late recovery. And Dwayne Wade is saying, that's a bad man, mama. To Wade on the penetration. Kicks it back out to Bryant. Bryant puts up the three. That's good. Kobe Bryant from downtown. And the foul. Walton can tip it. Bryant with the save. Now you're going to get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang! Might want to trade him, man. I should be trying to get him. Bring that. Oh, Kobe Bryant! Woo-hoo-hoo! for human life! The double team O'Neal. Or Fisher. Nice rotation of Bryant. Buckle up for Kobe Bryant! Kobe Bryant just sucked the gravity out of the target center. What a play! Tonight for the Hornets, gives them confidence, opens up the floor, the double team Gasol, now the single coverage by Landry, Ariza dropped down, Kobe, oh, up high, down hard, Kobe Bryant. Against Ariza, Kobe Bryant, oh, with a left-handed sledgehammer. <laughs> what bad wheel. He's taken it twice. And shoved it right down their throat. Oh, one with the right. Crawford poking it. Oh. Bring it on, Kobe, baby! Wow! You're playing against the Golden State Warriors. Score is 107-109. You guys are close to getting into the playoffs. You know exactly what happens in the game. You go up. You're about to take your shot, and then all of a sudden, boom, yeah. Achilles happens, right? He went and hit the free throws, and then you walked off the stage. Yeah. You got the surgery guy. Right, I went in the trainer's room, my kids are in there, and, you know, they're looking at you and stuff, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, you know, it's all right, Dad's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. As a parent, you got to set the example. You gotta set the example. This this is another obstacle. This obstacle cannot define me. It's not gonna cripple me. It's not gonna be responsible for me stepping away for the game that I love. I'm gonna step away on my own terms. And that's when the decision was made that, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And the Lakers close out Kobe Bryant's career with a win and one of the great farewell performances in any sport, at any time, authored by one of the NBA's all-time greats, Kobe Bryant, 60 points, 23 in the fourth quarter of his farewell game. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family. To my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, 
know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And, uh, what can I say? Mamba out. Man, what a, what a career, what a life. Um, long live Kobe. That's all I really gotta say. Um, so we got a we got a big game, um, on Sunday. Very big. Um, one of the biggest spectacles in all of sports, and one of the biggest events period in the world. And that is the Super Bowl. Got the Super Bowl on Sunday, February the second. Uh, shout out to my guy Dwayne. He's also celebrating a birthday that day but um we got the super bowl man we got the san francisco 49ers who are representing the nfc the national football conference and then on the flip side we got the kansas city chiefs who are representing the afc the american football conference and it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a really good game man and i'm gonna just dive right into it man i gotta talk tail of the tape i gotta talk key acquisitions, and a little bit of how these teams got here, man, and who I think is going to win and come out on top. So the 49ers, man, the tail of the tape, man, this team was 13-3. and um, Their only losses came to the Seattle Seahawks, who were in a division, and they lost this one in overtime, too. They also lost to the Atlanta Falcons at the tail end of the game. Uh, just a crazy play by Julio. And they also lost to the Ravens in that very, very rainy game. It was bad weather that day in the whole DMV. Um, I was in D.C. that day, actually. But, uh, yeah, it was ugly weather, man. But they were really close to that game, man. This really shows you how close the team was to being undefeated. And a lot of games they won, they won in blowouts, man. They blew out the Browns. Um, I truly believe if they didn't play the Redskins in a monsoon, they would have blew them out. But they beat them down to nothing. Um... They blew out the Packers in the regular season and in the postseason. And uh, let's talk about what they did in the postseason. So they they were the number one overall seed in the NFC, took care of business. Um, they won in the divisional round against the Minnesota Vikings. 27-10 was the final score in that one. Defense pretty much led the way in that game as well as the run game. And then in the NFC Championship, and I saw this game going exactly the way it did. Um, they blew out the Packers again. 37-20 was the final score. Packers tried to make it closer than the regular season, and they did. But, yeah, man, this this game, to me, was just never really truly close. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, but I did say a, a couple of weeks ago on a podcast, um, shout-out to the, the good guys at MHO. Shout-out to my guy, Dro and Brooks. Shout-out to the guys at Hear Me Out Entertainment. I was on their podcast a couple of weeks ago, maybe about three weeks ago. And they asked me about the Super Bowl, and I said, I think it's either going to be the Ravens and the Chiefs to come out the AFC, and I said, the 49ers are coming out the NFC. I didn't even think anybody could rival them. I truly felt like that. If anybody could have rivaled them, maybe the Seahawks, but they had a bevy of injuries, and they just squeaked by the Eagles, and they lost to the Packers. So I thought if anybody would really give San Fran a shot in the NFC, it would be the Seahawks, and 
I, I wasn't buying the Vikings. Uh, yeah, the Saints too, but they imploded and they lost to the Vikings. So we didn't really get that matchup. Um, but when I look at the 49ers, man, this is a team led by Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala, the D, D coordinator, and Jimmy Garoppolo at QB. I got to really give a lot of credit to my guy, B. Jones, because he was on the 49ers. He was on them early. When we did the regular season preview, you guys can go back, check the tape. Um, This was back on episode number 94, so we obviously ways away from that. But go check the tape, man. My guy, B. Jones, he, he was on it. He was on it, man. He said he had the 49ers winning the division, and his rationale and his reasoning behind that was because We've seen Kyle Shanahan do le- do more with less. We saw him get the best out of guys that played the quarterback position like Nick Mullins and C.J. Bethard. Um, and those guys were putting up numbers. So B. Jones said, you know, Kyle Shanahan's going to get some weapons this year. They signed Tevin Coleman over from the Falcons. Got Jimmy Garoppolo back for an entire season. Picked up Emmanuel Sanders at the trade uh, around the trade deadline, which I'm going to jump into in a minute. Um, they got some more pieces. Picked up Debo Samuel in the draft. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, drafted Nick Bosa. Already had a deep, deep defensive line. Um, and they also acquired D Ford in the front seven. And also Quan Alexander, who missed about half of the season. But I feel like his impact early on before he got hurt. And I feel like he's going to have an impact in the Super Bowl as well. Um, they picked up some some absolute dudes in on that team. Period. On the entire team, they picked up some they picked up some guys that could just play ball, just straight up. I must just say that. And when I look at it, and when I think about all of that, I thought they were about a year away. But now that I look at it and think about it, I'm truly not surprised. I, I'm not surprised. And I believe I got asked a question uh, during episode 100, my special episode in the mailbag. Had a mailbag on that episode. And people had asked, um, someone had asked, rather, do I think the 49ers can keep it up? And I said, absolutely. Kyle Shanahan is the best young coach in football, one of the best coaches in football. Now, not even just not even just talking about the best young coaches. He's one of the absolute best coaches in the NFL. And I make jokes about this all the time. And I say, Kyle Shanahan, he probably draws up plays and schemes up things while he's on family vacations and stuff like that. And it could be true. But Kyle Shanahan, he's been shown that, I don't want to say, I don't like saying the word genius, but he's shown for a while he's a genius and he's brilliant. Um, When he was the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans way back when they had Andre Johnson, Arian Foster, and Matt Schaub, he was putting up numbers. He came to D.C., with his father, Mike Shanahan, they had RG3 putting up numbers of offense that we kind of never really seen that read option zone read style in the NFL up until that point. Um, we saw what he was able to do then. He went to the Browns. He was putting up numbers with Brian Hoyer. He moved on to the Falcons, had Matt Ryan, and got him an MVP, and they went to the Super Bowl. So now we're just pretty much seeing the fruits of that labor. Pretty much, he's he's been doing this. His track record speaks for itself, and I pretty much just gave you the tail of the tape on Kyle Shanahan. So I got to give tremendous credit from what I see on the offensive side of the ball. Like 
Kyle Shanahan does things like schemes up his his fullback Kyle Juszczyk and gets him wide open. Like seriously, seriously, man, it's crazy. Um, defensive coordinator Robert Sala, he he's been um doing his thing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and the personnel really helps, man. They have the deep D line, deep front seven with DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, also Solomon Thomas, who they drafted really high a couple of years ago. But they have some depth on a D line, and I think that's what's really good and really important. And then, as I mentioned, they got D Ford over from the Chiefs, ironically, and uh, Quan Alexander. And then on the back end, of course, Richard Sherman, who has, has been playing still at a very high level, one of the best corners in all of football. Um, he still plays like he has a chip on his shoulder, and that's what I can appreciate and respect about Richard Sherman because he still goes out there as if he just got drafted again as, as when he was a fifth-rounder coming out of Stanford. He still plays with that same chip, and I understand it because after he tore his Achilles, the Seahawks, they decided to move on, um, and he found a home, and he found the culture that he liked that exists with the San Francisco 49ers. So when I look at the roster, when I look at the makeup, I'm not that surprised. I did think, I just didn't know how Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be. That, I would say that's the main thing. But the way they've been able to run the ball effectively with Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, and George Kittle, and like I said earlier, the big addition, Emmanuel Sanders, because it gives them a, a guy that's a technician, a guy who could run routes, a guy who can get open, create separation. They lack that. And now that they have it, I'm really not surprised. On the flip side, though, let's move on to the AFC. We got to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, who are led by head coach Andy Reid and quarterback Patrick Mahomes II. Patrick LeVon Mahomes II, as I always say, y'all know me. And I'm really, really pumped up for this matchup. Um, the Chiefs were 12-4 and this regular season. They had to overcome a little... A bit of adversity. I hate to say that a team that's 12 and 4 had to overcome some adversity, but they really did, man. Patrick Mahomes, he got hurt um, at about the midway point of the season, hurt his ankle, missed the game, missed a couple of games, rather. He had missed the Packers game and he had missed the Vikings game. They ended up splitting and they got Matt Moore off the streets. And that means I got to give a lot of credit to head coach Andy Reid for getting Matt Moore ready. And Matt Moore, he went head to head with Aaron Rodgers. In that primetime game against the Packers. I know it was a I think it was a Sunday night game. And I'm still mad. I wanted to see Mahomes and Rodgers go at it. Probably won't even get to see that. But um yeah, man. He had Matt Moore going head to head with Aaron Rodgers. They only lost that game by seven. The next week, Matt Moore beat the Minnesota Vikings. Which was very impressive. And then Patrick Mahomes ended up returning for the following game after that. Versus the Tennessee Titans, a game that really went down to the wire. And the Chiefs were just a block Harrison Butker field goal away from sending that game to overtime. Um, so we saw what happened. The Chiefs defense started playing really good, which was a huge story for the Chiefs. Because we normally never talk about the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense has always been bad. Um, we saw them get absolutely gassed on a primetime game, a Sunday night game, by the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Marlon Mack was able to run all over all over the Chiefs, but they got their act together, man. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes was a shot of adrenaline for the entire team, but it looks like it because when he came back, 
And I, like I said, a shot of adrenaline for the entire team. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes doesn't play defense, but when he came back, it's like the whole Chiefs team decided to get their act together. Held the Chargers to 17 points. Held the Raiders. Final score in that game was 40 to nine. Uh, beat the Patriots 23 to 16 in Foxborough. Beat the Broncos 23 to three. That was a very snowy game. Beat the Bears 26 to three. Beat the Chargers in the season finale 31 to 21. How they got here to the Super Bowl. Had to overcome some adversity in the opening round, in the divisional round rather, um, down 24 to nothing to the Tennessee Texans. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but the Chiefs just weren't getting a lot of breaks to go that way. Um, you can give credit to the Texans because they were able to take advantage on those breaks. You know what I'm saying? Um, the block, was it a block? It's a block punt, I believe. Also uh, benefited from some drop passes. And a muff, a muff punt by Tyreek Hill as well. And the Texans, they, they, they took advantage and they dominated the Chiefs in the first quarter, 24 to nothing. Uh, they took an early lead, but the Chiefs came back. They surged back, had a freaking a nuclear second quarter where the Chiefs just went on a rampage of scoring. Travis Kelsey, Damian Williams, Patrick Mahomes, they were doing their thing. Uh, McCole Hartman pretty much led that, led that, that rapid, um, led that rapid scoring run with a big return that shifted the momentum. And they ended up winning that game 51 to 31 in the AFC Championship, a game I was really concerned about. I didn't know because the Tennessee Titans were red hot and they had also beat the Chiefs in the regular season. So I was very, very concerned, and Derrick Henry was on a historic pace. The guy was tolling. The guy was a machine. That's what he was looking like. And the Chiefs were able to contain him, bottle him up, held him to 69 yards rushing. And Patrick Mahomes did his thing in this game, had four total touchdowns, three three passing and one rushing. And Sammy Watkins had a big game, man. He had a big game. Um, so that's how they got there. Like I said, they did lose four games in the regular season. And um, one of those games was to the Texans. One was the Colts. I mentioned that game, the Packers game. And they lost to the Titans. But they overcame that adversity. Patrick Mahomes was hurt. And they overcame that adversity in the divisional round of the playoffs. Man, that game was crazy, man. Shame on you, Texans, though. Y'all blew it. <laughs> but... When I look at this, and I also got to look at the Chiefs' acquisitions. Um, they did move on from D4, but they acquired Frank Clark over from the Seattle Seahawks, who has been really good for them. Uh, him combined with Chris Jones on the defensive line. I know he's been banged up a little bit lately, but those two on the D-line is pretty, pretty scary. Also, another acquisition they made was the acquisition of Tyran Matthew, the Honey Badger, and he has been... He's been a do-it-all type of guy. He has been an absolute do-it-all type of guy, man. I read something earlier about the snaps that he gets. And the snaps that he played this year was 406 snaps at safety, 457 snaps at slot cornerback, 139 snaps at outside linebacker, 42 snaps at inside linebacker, and 18 snaps on the outside. So... He's been a great leader, and he's up there with the most versatile players in the National Football League. So him combined with Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator 
Um, and we look at the Chiefs, man. They were really just the D4 offsides away from beating the Patriots, man. I think if that offense would have got to humming in the first half of the AFC Championship last year, maybe we're talking about the Chiefs beating the Rams in the Super Bowl and maybe going back-to-back. But obviously, it just probably wasn't meant to be. But that those two acquisitions are really huge. Um, I got a shout-out to another underrated acquisition is Bashad Breeland. Um, former Redskins cornerback also spent some time with the Green Bay Packers last year and Kendall Fuller who's been on the Chiefs now for a couple of years these are two former Redskins guys who are now playing in the Super Bowl so I mean that may give some Redskins fans some reason to root for them I don't know but I just thought I'd throw it out there and I was I always like Bashad Breeland man I didn't like when the Skins fans were calling him Breeland Island because he locked up Dez on like a key play, but I always liked Bashad Breeland, man. I did, man. I really do. Uh, so shout out to those guys and shout out to that defense, man. Shout out to Steve Spagnuolo's defense. And of course, you know, obviously on the offensive side of the ball, we got Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill, McCole Hartman, Travis Kelsey. Um, that offense that is led by Andy Reid and also offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Um, those guys have been getting the job done. And I really think this game is going to come down to will the 49ers be able to rattle Patrick Mahomes? That's going to be really key. I don't, I can't really recall if the Chiefs have seen a defense quite like this. I mean, they did play some solid defenses this season. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the Titans, they played those guys twice. They played. Who else? Uh, the Vikings, their defense isn't no slouch. Ravens defense was playing solid football, especially after they got Marcus Peters, but they played him before the Marcus Peters uh, transaction. Um, Patriots defense isn't awful. Um, but like I said, as I mentioned, they haven't seen a defense quite like this, which is going to be very key because we haven't really seen Patrick Mahomes really get rattled. We've never seen that. So I think that's going to be one of the keys for both sides. If 49ers can't rattle Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs may have a field day. Um, I'm looking at matchups like Richard Sherman going up against Tyreek Hill or matching up with McCole Hartman. I'm looking at the who's going to check Travis Kelsey. Quan Alexander probably get some of those reps. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Another thing, another dynamic I'm looking at is will the 49ers be able to run the ball the way they've been running the football all season. They've been up top the list of uh, one of the best rushing offenses in the league. Uh, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Moister, uh, even the fullback Kyle Juszczyk has been one of the great spots for them. And that offensive line has been pretty good in pass protection as well as run blocking. So that's another dynamic I'm looking at. Obviously, I mentioned Frank Clark and Chris Jones on the D line. So it's going to be some really, really good battles. And I'm looking forward to that, man. I, I really am, man. I'm, re I'm really excited, man. Wow. I am pumped. And I think another thing is going to come down to, I always say to win in the playoffs, it comes down to consistent pass rush and quarterback play. Um... You just got to look at it, man. Last year, the Patriots were able to get to Jared Goff, and they were able to rattle him. Um, can't really talk about the year before um, the Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl, but, I mean, at the end, Derrick Barnett got to Tom Brady and stripped him. So, pass rush. 
Um, but yeah, quarterback play and pass rush. Um, obviously, we know Patrick Mahomes is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. And in my humblest opinion, might ruffle some feathers by saying this, but I think he's going to go down as the best quarterback ever. Not talking about accolades. I'm talking about from a pure talent and st statistical standpoint, he's going to go down as the best quarterback ever. Mark my words, barring injury, knock on wood. But I, I, I really, really think this, that Patrick Mahomes is going to go down as the best quarterback ever. My dad may not like this statement because we go at it all the time, man. He said, no, Patrick Mahomes is the best young quarterback. No, he's the best in the league right now. Not just young. We know he's the best young quarterback up there with Lamar and Deshaun Watson, etc. But he is the best, period. He's better than Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Patrick Mahomes is just that guy, man. And I've never seen a quarterback quite like this. I, I just haven't. Aaron Rodgers, you can argue. Um, Aaron Rodgers was great extending plays. But I think Patrick Mahomes is just, just a notch above that. Just a notch above what Aaron Rodgers was doing. Um, so that's just my opinion, man. But I'm really looking forward to a good Super Bowl. Uh, if I had to make a prediction, this is tough, man. Because y'all know... I've been riding for the Chiefs for a few years now. And um I was on I was on the wagon when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. I knew who he was at Texas Tech. And when he sat behind Alex Smith, I already knew what was good. You know what I'm saying? I, I I really did. I hate to brag and stuff and toot my own horn. But I knew what was up. I knew what was up. I didn't think he would be like this. But when you combine you know, his arm strength, his talent with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, who I think should be a head coach really soon in the near future, doesn't really surprise me. It really doesn't, man. So, but if I had to make a prediction, this is tough. I think the 49ers are going to win, but I am rooting hard for the Chiefs. I think the game go either way, but I think the 49ers are going to win. But... It's hard to say which team has been a team of destiny because I just feel like both teams are have been teams of destiny, man. You just look at it, man. You just look at their their paths to the Super Bowl. You just look at it. Um, I think the 49ers are going to win, but I would not be surprised. Everybody knows I wouldn't be surprised the Chiefs won. This It's a reason that the I think the Chiefs are only favored by a point and a half. So, I mean, it's obviously going to go either way, and I think it's going to be very close. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs, but I think the 49ers will win. But I'm rooting for the Chiefs, man. Um, tell everybody that follows me on social media, man. Just be ready because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be going wild, man. I'm going to be going crazy. Um, but that's that's just about it, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. Wait, wait, wait. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Hold on, wait a minute. I want to talk about um, these all-star selections. I want to talk about that before I go. Before I go. I have to. Alright, so last week the All-Star starters were named. I'm going to read those all really quickly. But I want to talk about the reserves which were just announced Thursday night. You guys will probably get this episode on Saturday during the day. But yeah, I'm recording on Friday. But last week the All-Star starters were announced as followed. Kimball Walker, Trey Young, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Pascal Siakam. I was going to say Pascal. I don't know why. But Pascal Siakam, uh, <laughs> Joel Embiid. Um, Luka Doncic, James Harden, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard. Um, and last last night, 
The reserves were announced as followed. For the East, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo, Domas Sabonis on the West, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, Brandon Ingram, Russell Westbrook, and Chris Paul. So, I have some problems with, I have some problems with this. I do. Because Bradley Bill was absolutely snubbed, and this is raw. He got robbed. I tweeted last night. I know the Wizards suck and all, but Bradley Bill not being an all-star is a criminal offense. And this is really criminal when you look at Bradley Bill's stats. Bradley Bill is averaging 28.6 points per game, and he wasn't selected. This will be the most points per game entering All-Star break by a player not named an All-Star in 41 years. 41 years. So, somebody always gets snubbed. I understand that. I realize that. It's the nature of it's the nature of the sport. We have a lot of talented players. We have it really just depends on who's balling on a particular year. Um Paul George didn't make it this year. Um, Kyrie Irving didn't make it this year. Those guys battle injuries at, at two points of the season. At, at points of the season, they both were injured. Um, but when I look at this, and I look at a guy who's been available um, with the exception of a few games, Bradley Beal, you guys, NBA, you guys got this wrong. The coaches vote on the reserves, and um, you guys got this wrong. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's... One of the best players in the East, I would say Giannis is the best. Um, Bradley Beal is up there with Kyrie. He's up there with Kyrie and uh, Joel Embiid. And Trey Young's been balling, but he got voted in. So when I look at the reserves and who I mentioned, I think he should have gotten over Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's averaging like 19, 20 a game. Okay, I understand the Raptors are winning, but... This is an and this is more to me. All stars more of an individual and who's balling out. And I'm sorry, but Bradley Beal is better than is better than Kyle Lowry. I'm, it's not. It's everybody knew the league knew that the Wizards are going to be bad. So why why hold that against them? Why hold that against Bradley Beal? We who didn't know the Wizards were going to be bad? They're terrible. They're terrible. They they gave up 150 points in back-to-back games the other day. Like, we all knew the Wizards were going to be bad. So, if if I had to take somebody off, and this is no disrespect to Kyle Lowry. I mean, I'm not a fan of Kyle Lowry's game. But Bradley Beal is averaging 28.6 per game. He's sixth in the league in scoring. Um, this guy's a, an absolute bucket. Um, I am excited The guys like Jason Tatum... And Brandon Ingram are getting the nod. I really am. They're getting their first time nods. But another another issue I have is Devin Booker. He's not an all star. So if we're we're supposed to be rewarding winning, th- this is why the whole thing is is flawed. Because if we're rewarding winning, and who's getting buckets? Devin Booker has been doing everything that Brandon Ingram has been doing for years. And this is no disrespect to Brandon Ingram. He's my guy. That's my guy, B.I., former Laker. 
I love all those guys that were traded from the Lakers. Him, Lonzo, Josh Hart. You guys know that. But if what's the criteria, man? What is it? Devin Booker's averaging 27 points per game. Brandon Ingram is averaging 25. So is it about who's on TV more? Because I know the Pelicans have been on TV far a lot more, partially because of they because they drafted Zion number one overall. They got a lot of exposure and they're getting a lot of te- more national nationally televised games. So NBA, we got to figure this out because Devin Booker has been doing everything that Bi has been doing this year for years. So and the Suns have a, a better record by a game over the Pelicans. So, so what are we really doing here? I just don't get it. But uh, shout out to Brandon Ingram. That's my guy. I know how I feel, man. Um, what he's doing right now does not surprise me. Will probably be most improved player. Him or Devontae Graham. Um, I'm very happy for Brandon Ingram because people were calling him a bust. I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> but um, yeah, people just didn't know. But I knew. It, it, it's amazing what a change of scenery and a new environment can do for a player. Especially a player like Brandon Ingram. And he's still young. He's still young. He just turned 22 in September. He's still young. So, we got to do a better job at giving getting these players chances, man. We got to give them time. He was he was in a weird situation with the Lakers. You know, LeBron comes onto the team. Changed the dynamic for everyone. And then you get your name thrown in the trade rumors. Changed the dynamic for everyone. Um, but shout out to Brandon Ingram. Also, shout out to my guy Jason Tatum. Uh, the Boston Celtics, another Duke guy, too. Shout-out to the Duke guys, man. Get in an All-Star game. So, shout-out to the first-time All-Stars. Um, but I really don't have a problem, too much of a problem with everybody I mentioned um, because the Indiana Pacers have been balling this year, and I felt like they deserved at least one All-Star. And Sabonis has been good. I thought either him or Malcolm Brogdon should have got the nod, and Sabonis gets the nod, so... Shout out to Sabonis, man. Shout out to him. He's been doing his thing, averaging 18 and 12. So, and forces. So, he he's been doing a little bit of everything, man. He's really talented. Uh, his dad was very talented as well. Um, Bam out of Bayou, well deserved. Him and Jimmy Butler been doing their thing in Miami. Chris Middleton, he got in. Um, but the Bucks, they've only lost six games. So, I really don't have a problem when a team goes 41 and six. They should automatically get two all-stars so by default um still a little iffy on the Kyle Lowry thing Ben Simmons um he hasn't improved too much to me but it is what it is I guess snubs would be Zach Levine um Derrick Rose Bradley Bill um Jalen Brown's been playing good too but I really think that Bradley Bill and Devin Booker were the true snubs so that's it. That's how. That's all I got for you guys, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for the continued love and support, especially this week, man. The, the support has been real. People who don't even listen to Curry in the Pot, they tuned in. They, they showed love to my tribute to Kobe Bryant the other day. Got another one in this episode, man. I really, really appreciate everybody who texted me, called me. You guys really don't know, man. I felt like I lost a family member when Kobe Bean passed away. Um, Super Bowl is on Sunday. Uh, should be should be a great one. I'm I'm very excited for it. Super Bowl party at the crib. Um, and yeah, man, 
glad that glad, glad I'm able to vent to you guys. Cause sports is my passion. I'm glad I'm able to come here and sit here and talk to you guys and chat with you guys, man. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening. One last time, this is Mike Curry signing out. Episode number 117 is done. Peace.